Let's go to our correspondent now in Taranaki. Robin Martin is RNZ reporter based in New Plymouth. Wherever there's a proposed cycleway, there's a stoush. What's happening in your neck of the woods? <laughs> yeah, Kira Katten, yeah, that's that's dead right. And this is, uh, this is you know, one of a series of stouches um, in in response to the to Waka Katahi's um, $350 million transport choices program. So what we had, you know, it seems like a nice problem to have, really, eh? Like, we were offered... Seventeen million dollars. I think it's one of one of the highest um, lump sums. And our council went out and consulted on three uh, three cycleways through town. Uh, one along St Albans Street, which is the main uh, route down to the port. One on Devon Street West, which runs from the centre of town southwest out towards uh, the coast. Um, and another shorter one in town. So about nine kilometres of 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 um, two-way cycle lane on either side of the road. Um, but, you know, it was going to take out 900 car parks if that proposal went through. Um, you know, and, and uh, as you can imagine, businesses along, alongside there were, were uh, you know, were, were not happy. And we had uh, the co-owner of Graphics, uh, Sharon Devlin, and her, her partner, whose name I unfortunately uh, forget, uh, they they started a petition uh, against this, and um, they raised they got seven thousand people who signed that. And uh, here's here's Sharon talking about the impact of those cycle lanes on her business. We're a business that handles heavy items. We are a manufacturer of heavy items, and and large items that become sales as soon as they walk out the door. So having close car parks is essential. If our clients come, come, can't come to us and can go to someone else, then they will do. I can hear the traffic in the background, so it's, it's obviously a busy part of the of the city as well. Yeah, and so there were, you know, the, the, these cycle lanes had other kind of complicating factors. They had raised uh, pedestrian crossings included in them. They had in-lane uh, bus stops, so... Um, Buses using these routes would stop and traffic would back up behind them and people were just kind of, you know, not happy about them. And then to make kind of matters worse, when we got round to uh, the public hearings on this, uh, uh, the council had to admit they got their figures wrong as well. So they'd been consulting on all three projects for the $17 million. But in actual fact, if they went ahead with these three projects, it would cost, you know, essentially twice as much, $35 million. So they had to do a mea culpa in, in, um, at the public hearings. Uh, they blamed Waka Kotahi for the deadline, uh, for, for the error, because they were on a really tight deadline. Um, they had to have consultation finished uh, by September or earlier this month. And um, and construction of all all of this had to be completed by June of next year. So yeah, so we had these sixteen hundred um, written submissions, and then dozens and dozens of people turned up to um, the verbal submissions over three days. And, and you know, and a good number of those people were from the other camp. And um, here's Trisha Thompson, who loves using her her bike in town, and she's she's in favour of what these would be, which are designated bike lanes. Uh, bike lanes. And here's what she had to say about that. But what's not so good about biking in New Plymouth? Why do so many of my friends, many of whom have bikes and e-bikes, not bike around town so much? Because they're scared. 
They're scared because of cars. They're scared of so many cars and so many bigger cars and not being separated from them. Okay, yeah, so, then, so what's, the, what's the upshot of all this? Yeah, well, like, even while that meeting, you know, those hearings were going ahead, the council was still in negotiation with Waka Katahi. They were basically seeking an extension, saying this, this isn't going to work, we haven't got enough time. And, um, and, and by the end of those three days, what we heard, or just afterwards, perhaps, Waka Katahi kind of relented, as I believe they've done um, in other cities around the, the country, they gave um, the New Plymouth District Council a one-year extension on the construction of whatever project they um, they opt for in the end, and they extended the consultation period out to December. So what what that will most likely mean is that um, the, the council was, it can't do all three projects in the first place because it, it got that part wrong, and it looks like the Devon Street West um, option um, Southwest out of the uh, out of the town towards um, State Highway, um, what do they call that one? Forty five, the Coastal Highway, um, out towards Oakura, and will will is going to is likely to be the um, the favoured route, and that could even end up being on just one side of the road to deal with some of the parking place um, issues. Yeah, so so we go through the whole process again in December, Catherine. Now, you've been down to Panganui just for a breather from the bikes, to look at the Sergeant Gallery redevelopment. Uh, just remind us what's happening here. Yeah, well, people will, people will remember that this, um, you know, this really classical-looking um, uh, building with its dome roof is, is earthquake-prone, and it's, it's been closed um, since uh, 2014, and, um, and a project to earthquake strengthen it and, you know, they took this whole project another step further and there's a whole new West Wing um, being developed. That got away, um, got underway in 2019. And as you can imagine, meanwhile, the, the thing's getting more and more expensive and that there's that, all that stress in the background. But now you can, they can kind of see light at the end of the, the tunnel. And if you, if you go down there, you can see that the West Wing is kind of underway. And I, um, I got to catch up with a guy. He's actually originally from Wanganui, a guy called Mark White, who's the lead stonemason on the project. And he's from uh, Goldsfield Stone in Christchurch. And he's responsible for restoring the, the Omaru, or Omaru um, stone facade of the building. And he ha- here's what he had to say about the, the art of doing that work. You don't want to make it look brand new because the reason we love it is because it's it survived these years so so it's just kind of lovely so you don't want to you don't want to renew it we're not making a new building we're simply repairing an old building and we're conserving so it's sort of a it's sort of a a, um, a combination of of stone conservation and restoration beautifully described yeah uh, and yeah. he's a long way from Oamaru of course but um but the but the stone it's it's very particular and he's uh, probably pretty pretty stoked to be working on something as special as this. Yeah, well, he described it as a dream job for, for himself and, a, and his team of four guys, I think it is. So so essentially, if, if a stone is weathered but is still sound, they leave it in place. And then they, they there are different stones that have been more damaged over the more than 100 years that building has been standing there and subsidence and things like that. So then they kind of literally cut out the offending piece of stone and they're replacing it with stone from the same quarries in Oamaru um, where the original stone came from about 104 years ago. Um, and meanwhile, um, the earthquake strengthening of the gallery is 
been going on underneath and that's you know it's essentially involved building a new um the site manager there described it to me as like an exoskeleton over the around the original foundation so tons of concrete and steel around the original foundations to hold the the building in place and and of course we've um, been dealing with cost es escalations all over the place so now the um, total cost of the project is estimated to be about 70 million um, dollars which is about twice the original uh, budget now uh, luckily ratepayers are not paying for all of that uh, about 77% of that is being picked up by central government grants trusts private donors from all around the country who recognize the um, worth of the 9000 piece uh, collection that they hold there at Wanganui and ratepayers uh, are still having to cough up about 15 million which is uh, three times what they were expected to cough up in the first place and yeah we're looking for it to reopen in mid-2024. At least it's not 390 mil, which I think a project in the capital has reached in the last 24, uh, 24 hours or so, but they just seem to blow out, don't they? Hey, just finally, yeah. and very importantly, you've been to some cooking classes in Waitara. Robin, do you need help, or was there another attraction? <laughs> oh, mate, I definitely need help, and uh, pretty I didn't see this earlier. Maybe I could have signed up uh, myself. So, yeah, like, um, yeah, at a... At a uh, Waitara, the um, food bank out there, the Patakakai, I think they call it out there. Um, Amy Olson, who's uh, who's the manager of that, and a chef by trade, she she noticed that um, that many of the clients at the food bank um, struggled with what to do with um, with uh, fresh uh, fruit and vegetables that that the food bank wanted to give them. They had really limited cooking skills and didn't really you know, want to engage with um, fresh vegetables, especially if they were a little bit exotic, that, that gave them uh, more stress. So she came up with this idea of offering uh, classes which were open to everyone and they promoted it through Facebook. And so they got 16 participants, mostly from uh, family groups who've come in to kind of up their skill and learn about budgeting. And yeah, and look, they were having a lot of fun. I had quite a bit of fun myself there. And here's um, Solo Mum of Two, Nikita Dravitsky, um, talking about some of the things that she'd got out of the whole um, the whole process. Well, I never knew you could eat the the branches on a broccoli, and like to cut it properly, and you know just simple ingredients because the cost of living is just shit. Yeah, like it's just me and the kids. Like I work full time down at Ansco, and I'm spending close to three hundred dollars a week in groceries alone. So it's like, oh, I need to do something. Yes, that sums it up. And also, um, best bit of the broccoli, especially the sweet, if you can get the little sweet ones, eh? But I didn't know that till recently either, and now I live on it. Um, yep. So uh, that, and what else What else does the course cover? Um, well, Amy does, um, like, give some tips on how to, um, you know, look at, the, look at the specials on at the supermarket and work um, on their menu for the week around those kind of things. And I tell you, it was, you know, so mince was on special that week, so they were having a... Uh, uh, beef cofters with a kind of a satay sauce and a slaw on the side and um, yeah and they were doing um, oh god um, self-sourcing puddings I tell Hot you stuff. I, it, yeah no 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 look lovely and um, I was I was 
sad to leave before um before it was lunch. all plated out. <laughs> yeah, well, so it was an evening evening uh, gig, uh, Catherine, and um, we should uh, doff our caps to the New Plymouth District Council for supporting that. They've um, coughed up four and a half thousand dollars to support the this trial project out there. Thank you so much, Robin Martin, our NZ reporter, based in Taranaki, based in New Plymouth.